You're listening to Liturgies of Life, the fifth season of Enacting the Kingdom. Here you'll be joining me and Father Jeffrey as we consider the wider implications of our everyday rituals. From shopping to social media to sports and to the so-called work-life balance, let's explore how the mundane aspects of our daily existence truly become liturgies of life. Scientism as sacred authority is our topic today. And Father Jeffrey, let me just explain to you what I even mean by scientism. That would be helpful. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Last week, we talked about science, right? We talked about um, uh, science as a cosmic story, right? This, this, uh, the knowledge of the universe that can uh, help us understand who we are in that universe and how that story, how that scientific story relates to the story of the gospel. Um, and the story uh, encapsulated in the life of Jesus Christ. So, um, but but we're kind of taking a different route here, and that's scientism, right? Not science as it should be or as it is, but scientism as sacred authority. So I hear a lot, well, you have to trust the science, or, you know, scientists say, or, um, you know, I believe in science, right? And, and then fill in the blank claim, right? Um I do this because I believe in science or, or science will catch up, you know, Oh, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to die young, you know, science will catch up. Um, you know, by the time I, I'm going to live to 150 because by the time I'm 90, science will catch up. There's this sort of like appeal, I guess, to science as an authority. Uh, and, and we've talked a little bit about that idea of authority on our Patreon. Maybe it's worth bringing it uh, up here as well. But I think science or science this this thing we call science holds the special place in our society as this kind of sacred authority that we claim we follow or we feel like we have to say we follow in order to live that good life um does that make sense do you have the same sense of science being used and possibly abused that way father i think so i mean there are lots of sort of interrelated parts in this question. And I think generally, you know, we would accept the place that science has as essentially just what it means. It's the pursuit of knowledge, right? It's to study nature, the behavior of natural things. And it's, it's what, what knowledge we can glean from all of that. I mean, nobody would gainsay that nobody would doubt that that is an important part of what it is to be human. And I think what you're sort of hinting at is the fact that by enthroning science in particular ways, we can actually push it beyond its own purposes, right? Beyond what it it was actually crafted to do, beyond what it itself is even able to claim for itself, right? And this is a, you know, it's a phenomenon that comes from society as a whole, you know, sometimes people just don't understand necessarily what the the limits are of scientific knowledge or scientific pursuit. It comes, and as we've seen this in a big way over the last couple of years in the response to the pandemic, it comes from politicians, you know, who want to manipulate and abuse science and, and push it, you know, into, into saying things that it doesn't actually say, or to, to kind of perform functions that it doesn't actually perform. Uh, but it can also come from scientists themselves that maybe 
in response to pushback sometimes from from others and and sadly often religious folks that they will make claims for science that go beyond you know what what the actual bounds of, of science are and so that would be something like claiming that the view uh, that they have of science is the only way of rendering truth about the world mm-hmm. as opposed to having other forms of truth and that sort of thing. So I'd say that the, the way I'm kind of picturing scientism, the way you're, you're presenting it is science spilling over, you know, it's sort of natural boundaries into areas where it shouldn't do. And so it's, right, so it's, yeah. it, it, it's taken to be political. It's taken to be all encompassing. It's taken to be philosophical, to provide a kind of value base to the world. I mean, Properly speaking, science is is kind of value less, right? So these are some ways in which, you know, science trespasses into places it shouldn't go. And as a result of that, I think we get something you might call scientism. There is actually a good form of scientism, and maybe we'll get to that in this podcast. I hope so. But I think those are some of the ones that we would see as kind of not helpful and possibly even rather harmful when when science Mm. is made to do things it's not meant to be doing, right? Right. And it's not it's it's all about how people treat, quote unquote, science. Right. Like, you know, I you can all, sometimes Christians will say things like, well, the Bible says blank and it's just sort of an opinion that supports whatever the speaker thinks. Right. The Bible says, here's a quote that I'm pulling out of context to support whatever I, I think. Uh, right. Proof texting. But I think people mm-hmm. do that with science, too. Sure. Well, yeah. science says that A, B and C. And, you know, I don't know. I think that there's there, there can be this abuse of what science is supposed to be this. You know, it, it moves from being a tool that we use to investigate the world to actually being this sort of um, philosophical model that we can use to understand, you know, our place in the world. And, and it, it's a it's a it's a complicated thing. Right. Because science is, as we talked in the last episode, it is this useful uh, thing and actually quite Christian in that sense, right? In what ways was I wrong, right? And in what ways can I adjust my view, right? And that that's a very that's a humbling position, right? And we as Christians should be very familiar with humility. Um, but on the other hand, I think that there people in our society do abuse science in 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 making it this sort of sacred authority without understanding what it even actually is. I hope that problem kind of makes sense because it's something that I'm perceiving, but I'm having a hard time exactly articulating what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, it's exactly, you know, what you say in mean, that science can give us data. It can give us knowledge, in, in fact, incredible knowledge of, of the world. It can give us even compelling knowledge. And that's the sort of thing that we were hinting at, you know, before we talked about, science as a kind of grand cosmic story and so forth. I mean, the, the fact is science is actually giving us a, a more interesting story than a lot of, you know, classic religions do and that sort of thing, right? I mean, um, there's this marvelous um, article that was written by the physicist Richard Feynman in the 50s um, called The Value of Science. And um you know, he talks a little bit about that. He talks about the the religious wonder, even that scientists have, and that 
In fact, science is telling much more interesting stories than than the world does. I might pull this up here because it's actually quite interesting. Um, uh, the this he talks about the thrill, the awe, the mystery that that come again and again. You know, when you have uh, the scientific uh, endeavor and, and discoveries and so forth. Um, but he, he, he mentions the fact that um, it's much more interesting to, to tell the story of us, here it is, all, all of us to be stuck, half of us upside down by a mysterious attraction to a spinning ball that has been swinging in space for billions of years. That's much more interesting a story than to be carried on the back of an elephant supported on a tortoise swimming in a bottomless sea, right? Which was maybe one of the religious <laughs> models. I'm not sure which religion he's actually referring to here, but certainly it, it reflects a number of mythologies and, and cosmologies of, of the ancients. So he's saying that actually it's in science you find this really wonderful, compelling you know, story today that, that is, expands our imagination, our wonder, our awe, our, even calls it a, a kind of religious experience and so forth. And all that's true, and that's all within the bounds of science to do that. But it's, it's where it kind of, it pushes further than that and makes claims or people make claims about it that it can't actually properly make. So for example, science can empower us and give us the tools to do various things, but it can't tell us whether we should do them or not. Right. And, and Feynman, interestingly, um, I say one of the, the, the greatest physicists of, of the 20th century, but, but he was, writing in a period right after physicists had been actively involved in, you know, atomic research that led, you know, in one branch of it into the development of nuclear warfare and the atomic bomb and Nagasaki and Hiroshima and so forth. Um, and it was a time of real reckoning, you know, for scientists in the 1950s to sort of say, what part did we play in this? You know, we're pursuing pure science, you know, you could say on one hand, just looking at the, the atomic structure of matter and so forth, but the unintended consequence, you know, in, and, and people will try to weigh up whether it, it saved millions of lives or caused millions of lives, but the dropping of bombs on Japan, you know, obviously was not exactly a call that science could make, right? So developing the knowledge to do this was one thing, but how you apply it is not a question science itself can actually answer, right? And so that's where this scientism, which is a, a kind of pressing beyond the bounds of science, you know, it becomes dangerous. And we've seen this again and again and again, where, as you say, somebody will, the way people try to use any other authority without interpretation, without any kind of hermeneutic in a process of kind of working through what it actually means, how it needs to be interpreted and, 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 and applied, you know, people will do that with science and say, just as you said, you know, the science says or argues that, and it says we should. And by the time you're into that realm, you're well beyond what actually science is capable of doing, which is, again, just observing and understanding and making sense of the natural world. And so, you know, we need to be very careful there that, that we don't become enslaved to, you know, having cast off in the enlightenment, you know, the, the being beholden to kind of dogmatic, uh, religious authorities, which, which is part of, you know, what's happening, right? In the enlightenment process, we're, we're pursuing, you know, science and knowledge as opposed to just going on the basis of dogmatic faith. But having done that, we can't 
then turn these new forms uh, of knowledge and, and science and so forth into the kind of dogmatic religious authorities or philosophical worldviews that that were you know being abandoned in the enlightenment this would be kind of an anti enlightenment you know process of sorts so i mean scientists themselves when on their on their best days know this and they know not to trespass into you know this realm of saying that they can actually and on on the one hand account for all truth about world and reality that would be a a nonsensical claim there's lots of forms of truth and knowledge that are not in that realm of observation and analysis of the natural world or on the other hand that they can actually provide information that would be values or you know philosophies or priorities even right science can provide the information that we need in, but then we still need a framework in which decision making you know can take place and so the wrong thing to do during a pandemic is for a politician to just get up and say the science says we should do this because the science never says anything about what we should do what well, what they should say is we've examined scientific you know experiments and tests and lab studies and here's all the information we have at our disposal now here are the the issues we need to weigh up right there's there's this on the, on the one hand and there's this on the other hand right so you know science never says we have to lock down society or we have to mandate masking or vaccines it just doesn't say that but the politician or the person who is trained in order to kind of sort value based decisions out can say here's our data you know here are the advantages and disadvantages of each of the courses of action right and science can help to inform the decision making in in terms of saying well there may be these results from this kind of activity but it can't tell you what to do right and so that's been i've been frustrated from the beginning of this thing because i and as i think most scientists would have been as well the way people were saying science says this or science says that because sadly one of the real results of this of course is that people knowing kind of intuitively these are not scientific decisions they are political decisions they are philosophical decisions they push back at them so what do they end up pushing back at according to the world that's been presented to them they're pushing back at science which you oughtn't never to do in that way science itself has a system of challenge and reversal and testing and doubt and etc and we'll get to that maybe in a few moments here because that is the good form of scientism that I want to talk about but it, you can't push back at science itself in the way that people have been doing but now you get that and i'm not surprised that there's x number of people out there now who are just doubting science because they were they were being told that science told them you know that they couldn't see their grandmother when she was dying right science never said that it can't say that it's just not within its parameters right politicians said that and they may have been referring to data provided by science but they need to justify that on other grounds right on on value based grounds on prioritization grounds on philosophical grounds on weighing up pros and cons grounds not saying or blaming science for any of those things so sorry that's a bit of a rant but i do feel rather strongly that science has been not served very well you know by a certain group of people in society over the last number of years as it gets blamed mm -hmm. for politics right and i'm not saying any of those decisions were necessarily the wrong ones although a whole lot of them and a lot of things to discuss there but i'm saying you can't lay the decisions themselves at the door of science science can't provide that that information science can't do that job for you it can do a lot more even than we're asking it to do but it can't 
work outside of those parameters. If you're not a patron of Enacting the Kingdom, you're only getting half a podcast. This show only exists because of an active community of people just like you over on Patreon. When you become a patron, you'll get additional episodes, live streams, and our ever-growing backlog of episodes, 66 at the time of this recording. And as we're social media free, Patreon is the only place to engage with us and others about these episodes. Go to patreon.com slash enacting the kingdom to join the growing community. Right. Like just as Christians have the Bible, right? The Bible still needs to be interpreted and it needs to be interpreted. And it's interpretation is uh, um, informed by a, philosophical presuppositions or theological presuppositions and all this kind of stuff. And and we interpret the scripture that way. I think that scientific studies also, they have to be interpreted based on a set of values. And I think that, you know, just some people treat quote unquote science as this sort of divine authority that you're not really supposed to question or whatever, but they don't realize that there's actually a process of interpretation happening there, that we don't experience science as like, we don't experience the scientific studies like objectively. It, does that make sense? We, 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 we come with certain values associated with them. Even the things we decide to study are based on some of the things that we are interested in, which our interest is already a kind of value uh, structure there as well. Well, that's right. And and when I said earlier, you know, science is valueless, I mean, that the, that's in its kind of theoretical form, right? The, the real world science that's done by people who are scientists, right? Not by science as this sort of abstract, you know, concept and so forth. They are already subject to predetermined value judgments, right? If you are a scientist and you want funding to do certain experiments, you need somebody to fund you. Well, that person is going to fund you on the basis of value judgments they've already made, right? So it, it's not actually the, the case that we can have a, a perfectly valueless science. We, we strive for that. And I hopefully, you know, on the, the best days, scientists have the integrity to, to be able to maybe move away from some of the predetermined values of you know that, that their institution or that they're funding or that that even their their pre-filtered learning and everything has has di- directed them to i mean that science itself has to keep correcting itself in, in that way and, and the reason partly that we have new studies and challenges and reversals is that you know the old science wasn't necessarily done in a perfect you know way so there's a kind of process there that has to kind of unfold but but absolutely. I mean, whatever knowledge is gleaned from that, whatever data and information comes out of the, the scientific process, then has to go to be applied, you know, and 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 to before you can even apply it, you have to in, interpret it. And the person who is going to say, be a decision maker, a leader, a community organizer, or a politician, or, or whoever, you know, is going to draw on various sources of information you know, to make decisions, right? So if I'm, you know, I don't know, running a a long-term care home, right? And I've got some discretion as to what kinds of measures I want to, you know, bring into play to, to, I mean, presumably protect the residents, keep them, you know, living and healthy and, and, and with a kind of good quality of life as long as possible. Well, I'm going to draw on, on different sources of information to make my decisions. Now, 
partly that's going to be scientific data, the best possible available data that the most applicable to, to my situation. But I'm also drawing on all kinds of other places, right? I'm drawing on my own religious values and beliefs or whatever other philosophies, you know, I, I come from. So, um, you know, you mentioned about, you know, biblical interpretation. Well, there's, there's a kind of within this, the field of biblical studies, hermeneutics and, and, and way of interpreting and so forth. But then there's that whole process that says, well, how are we now going to make that information relevant and applicable in the real world so that somebody who is the director of a long-term care center can, can draw on her or his, you know, faith tradition to, to make sensible decisions. What does the Bible say about, um, you know, life and biological life versus eternal life and, and, you know, how we treat people who are, um, you know, dependent or, or, or have various kinds of needs, uh, physical and, and, and otherwise. I mean, there's a whole lot of interpretation and application of that information. It's not so much, you know, that somebody arrives fully, you know, formed in a particular way of, dealing with reality or making decisions that way, they have to draw carefully and with a considerable amount of reflection and consideration on all these various sources. So I think the, the Christian who is a politician or a decision maker that way is going to have access to a number of these things, but the integration of that is well outside of the realm of you know, science itself or of any other field um, of knowledge, because they can generate the knowledge, they can't tell you how to use it. And I think part of what has to happen here is that people need to be a little bit more transparent and honest about what it is they're actually ultimately appealing to, right? Because the, the politician who says, well, the science tells me to do this, right, is just passing the buck. They're just, they're not being honest with us and telling us what the real basis was on which they made that decision, right? The politician who's totally honest would stand up and say, well, I think that in cases like this, the individual trumps the community or indeed the community trumps the individual, right? Those are two different philosophical stances. Science can't tell you which one to use. The Bible can't even ultimately tell you which one to use because there's probably proof texts for, for both sides of that equation, if you see what I'm saying. So, but the politician never actually is that honest, typically in our world, about telling you, you know, my decision making matrix involves the following value judgments. And here is where I've derived them from. Uh, you know, I was formed in this kind of cultural background, or this is my philosophy, my religion whatever it is, my political ideology. And if they were really honest about all of that, then we would see much more clearly what the, the role of science is in all of that. It wouldn't be turned into uh, a kind of whipping boy for um, you know, political decision-making and, and so forth these days. And it would therefore wouldn't suffer the reputation damage that it has. Right. So it's yeah, that yeah. misapplication of science that has, I think, eroded people's confidence in it to the point that, I mean, there's ridiculous point, right? Where people are saying, I don't even think the earth can be a, a sphere, right? I think it must be flat, right? We're back to what Feynman was talking about, about, you know, it's, I think the earth is, uh, you know, it's the back of an elephant carried on a, on a tortoise swimming in some bottomless sea or whatever the, the mythology, you know, was, because you can't trust any of it. Sure, the moon landings were fake. Sure, you know, they don't really send, you know, uh, satellites in, into space and, and all of that. And all the other doubts that, that have cropped up that are maybe less hilarious than that. But you know, still rather 
profound in terms of doubting what science is all about. Yeah, the question really seems to be authority. If you share the same authority and you appeal to the same authority that other people have, you know, like it, it seems to me that in today's society, if you say, well, the science says in a different society, it could be what well, God says, right? Like it, it's kind of serving the same sociological purpose. Like there's this assumed authority at the at the bottom of all things, right? And if you appeal to that thing, then everyone should be agreed. Um, but so, you know, this replacement of certain spiritual things with like science, right? Um, the scientism, because we, we as humans, we don't know everything. Let's just put that out there, right? We don't, as an individual person, as a unique person, you don't know everything. So you have to appeal to authority. That's just like what you have to do in everyday life, right? Um, but it's ideally, we would actually have a shared authority that we can look to as a society. Uh, and I guess that's what we're exploring today. Uh, a little anecdote. I, I, was, I heard a story one time about the, um, the late famous philo- uh, uh, atheist um, Christopher Hitchens. So a, a person who uh, he's a very famous speaker and he taught, uh, he, he did not want people involved with religion. He thought religion was this sort of attempt to gain a totalitarian foothold in the hearts of all people. And that, uh, you as a free thinker need to actually avoid religion altogether. And he pointed to science as this way out. Right. Um, and he's uh, in this story, he said, things started getting weird when people, fans of his would start asking him to perform their wedding ceremonies. Right. So, you know, these people who agreed with him and left religion still looked to him. They wouldn't put it in these terms, but as a religious authority, as someone who could step in and actually perform the wedding ceremony. And he was like, no, 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 that's not the point. (laughs) Right. Like I'm not replacing religion with another religion, but there's this human need, right. To, to, um, have this kind of authority in our lives. I'm not going anywhere particular with that, but um, yeah, just the relationship of science to that, to that authority that we need is, is an interesting topic. Yeah. And in a funny way, it all comes from a reluctance to grow up, right? A reluctance to properly take responsibility. I mean, how different is any of that from the two-year-old who refuses to take responsibility for, you know, behavior and just points at, you know, a sibling as the cause of, of whatever, you know, happened. And I just see this, this is what's happening in, in the world where we, we see, and th- let me get into the, what is the good kind of scientism, right? So if science, you know, on its own is just simply the study of nature and behavior of natural things, the knowledge obtained from them, and then the pursuit of knowledge and understanding, you know, on that basis, well, that's it properly bounded. And we're not going to try to make it render truth about the whole world and reality. We're not going to try to have it be a philosophical view of the world. So those are the two bad forms of scientism that we're avoiding here. But here's a good form of scientism. Because if you take the method that science and that's the, the kind of stance that science implies, right? The method that it employs, the stance that it implies. Here is a way that, in fact, there is something that could be of value outside of simply the study of nature and natural things, right? And let me go back to, to Feynman's article and quote a little bit because it is just so profound and it's so shockingly different from what we, where we put science in, in the world today. Um, 
He says the scientist has a lot of experience with ignorance and doubt and uncertainty. And this experience is of very great importance. When a scientist doesn't know the answer to a problem, he is ignorant. When he has a hunch as to what the result is, he is uncertain. And when he is pretty darn sure of what the result is going to be, he is still in some doubt. We have found it of paramount importance that in order to progress, we must recognize the ignorance and leave room for doubt. Scientific knowledge is a body of statements of varying degrees of certainty, some most unsure, some nearly sure, none absolutely certain. Later on in the article, he then talks about uh, the fact that the age of reason, so the whole age of the Enlightenment, the modern project, the liberal democratic project, project that we have, you know, that that is still kind of the governing narrative of our world. At its best, he says, it would take this kind of scientism, as it were, into account, right? Um, He goes on to say, uh, this is the philosophy that guided those who made the the democracy that we live under. The idea that no one really knows how to run a government led to the idea that we should arrange a system by which new ideas could be developed, tried out, tossed out, and more new ideas brought in, a trial and error system. Right. That's actually, if you think about it, that's what democracy, liberal democracy is meant to be about. We, there is no perfect system. There is no perfect authority. You know, it, it, it isn't true that God simply goes and makes this person a king or an emperor or a tyrant or whatever. And that being under that tyranny or that empire or that kingdom is the way to be. And that will give us perfect society. That was the kind of medieval project, right? In in various forms and, you know, different models of that throughout the world. But the idea and why we are Democrats, small d, um, is because ultimately of this form of scientism. It's because we know, we're ignorant of the best way of, of forming a government, we just don't know. The way that it might work that way. It might work that way. We're not sure. So let's have a system that actually builds into it the way science tackles, you know, the the pursuit of knowledge. So that you know, you elect somebody that's not working out. You can get them unelected, right? You don't have to live with the legacy of that family dynasty through the through the centuries, um, or even on a more micro level. You know, leaders themselves can invest in a certain project. If that doesn't work out, they tweak it, you know, try something new and so forth. So at its very best, democracy is a kind of scientism, right, of an application of scientific stance of of doubt and ignorance and always trying to find a better way of doing things. Uh, And, you know, just basically always striving to to, to improve, to, to progress, to get better knowledge, to get a better ways of doing things. But never with any sort of absolute certainty. That would be the best way of, of living out what the age of reason is all about. Ultimately, that we don't know <laughs> and that we have to keep trying harder. And that's what we've talked about before. Is a, It's profoundly Christian in the sense of we get up every day and we regret what was wrong about the previous day and we just try to reorient ourselves to an ultimate you know goal i think that is a kind of scientism that that we as christians could could support it's a it's it would be a new way of doing or a better way of doing the liberal democracy that we find ourselves under because i think a lot of christians are starting to doubt whether you know this has led to to anything you know, terribly you know helpful but if if feynman is right that that was actually the genius of the age of reason if we 
could somehow hold on to that again. Here is a way that science can kind of bleed outside of science proper and and actually inform, you know, our our political and and other realms and and so forth but not as a science says that but precisely as science tells us that we can't possibly know for sure but let's do our level best to, to to make it as good as possible and then we'll refine and perfect and hone and toss out if it's not working and find something new i think that would be a marvelous kind of scientism to have thanks for listening I'm Father Yuri Gladio, an Orthodox Christian priest with a lifelong desire to keep learning, and I'm joined on this show by my teacher and friend, Father Jeffrey Reddy. Father Jeffrey is the director of the Orthodox School of Theology at the University of Toronto and holds a doctorate in liturgical theology. Come connect with us on Patreon with any thoughts and follow-ups about this episode. We look forward to seeing you next time.